0: Most fans have a huge appreciation for the offensive firepower that's been showcased um, in the first couple of weeks of the NFL's new season. Very similar to baseball in that the beginning of the baseball season generally favors pitchers. The NFL's defensive side of the ball will now have tape on most teams in the league. This tape will allow the defensive side to make headway in slowing some of the NFL's top offensive performers and we're starting to see the benefits of that already. So, similar to the NBA and MLB modifying gameplay that favors the pace of offenses, the NFL has done a really good job of keeping the action flowing in their games on the offensive side of the ball as well. And the offensive firepower has been absolutely incredible to witness throughout the first couple of weeks of the league, but like most things in life everything comes with the price and the nature of football as an intense collision sport for focuses that all their participants to pay a really heavy price and unfortunately there have been a slew of quarterbacks that have gone down as a result of defenses already figuring out ways to level the gameplay this early in the season which doesn't happen that often so in week two We witnessed at least five quarterbacks, five starting quarterbacks that are either out indefinitely or will miss a lot of gameplay as a direct result of either brutal impacts received from these elite defensive players or from self-inflicted wounds as they tried to get away from some of these crazy defensive players. Uh, Some of the QBs are Terod Taylor, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Andy Dalton, and uh, Tua Tagovailoa. They headline... I'd say they're the biggest headlines On the players that will miss at least some action Moving forward It's still amazing to me to watch How the advancements in nutrition And training techniques continue to elevate Professional athletes' level of play Each year I've always been curious As to when there will be a potential Leveling out of these advancements And what the human body could, Could eventually do Or is our physical ceiling Much greater than we ever imagined at our core, sometimes I think that it's a little strange that we can so thoroughly enjoy the organized violence that is the game of football. But on the plus side, for those that have earned their spot as a backup on any NFL roster, being a backup and any position in this game may not be as bad of an opportunity as some previously thought. In the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Week 2 game against the Atlanta Falcons, Tom Brady was 24 for 36 for 276 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. During the first two games of this season, he's completed 65% of his passes for 655 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions, and a passer rating of 113 dating back to last season the 44 year old tom brady has thrown four or more touchdowns in four consecutive regular season games only two other quarterbacks in the history of the league have done that hall of fame quarterback dan marino he did it four games in 1984 and of course peyton manning the man did it in five games in 2004 however both marino and manning were in their 20s when they reached that mark NFC West is at it again. They finished Week Two with a three and one record. And the Seattle Seahawks—they almost pulled off an overtime victory against a very determined Tennessee Titan team. The Seahawks' victory would have kept the NFC West's uh, 2021 record perfect. And because the only other division in football that's even trending in a similar manner to the NFC West is the AFC West. The Las Vegas Raiders, as well as the Denver Broncos, are undefeated at this early point in the season. While KC, of course, the champions, defending champions should be feared. The Los Angeles Chargers, I think they'll find their way uh, of playing throughout the season at a very high level. So keep your eyes on both of these divisions as this season progresses. Maybe this is the year of the West is definitely the best. We'll see. The NFL continues to prove its dominance as the number one content producer on any screen year after year. Consider that on an average day, more than 90% of people watch something at home on TV. Even if we take into consideration the explosion in subscription services such as Netflix, Disney Plus and Amazon Prime. Sports content, in particular content from the NFL, dominates audiences' attention. The NFL has been the definitive number one television product on five different television networks for well over a decade now. And they don't show any signs of giving up that crown anytime soon. And I hope they don't. And as a matter of fact, they seem to be only broadening their dominance. In a head-to-head, here's here's a perfect example. In a head-to-head matchup, Sunday Night Football, this past Sunday, drew 16 million viewers. While the 73rd Primetime Emmy Awards, even though it rose 16%, from last year's telecast only drew 7.4 million viewers. Even if you were to combine all of the viewership of all the primetime shows against only the NFL's week two Sunday night regular season game, the numbers would still greatly favor the NFL. And when it comes time for the NFL playoffs, and in particular the Super Bowl, of course, the numbers year in, year out are not even close. But instead of resting on their laurels, the NFL consistently tries new things for the improvement of the fans' television experience. Has anyone ever noticed the slightly different camera techniques that are being used by the NFL lately? Everything in the background is blurred while the players that are the focus of that moment have a very sharp focus to them. That technique is something that was only used traditionally in major motion pictures back in the day if are watching Cleopatra or something. It may seem like a small improvement or adjustment to some, but to me, it it greatly enhances the television experience for the fans. I hope the NFL, as well as the other sports leagues, continue to push the barriers of the fans' television experience. A pair of quarterbacks from the University of Louisville stood out to me in Week 2 of this young NFL season. Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens and Teddy Bridgewater from the Denver Broncos. Let's start with uh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson simply willed his team to victory in the late game on Sunday night of Week 2. Jackson threw this really cool late Superman jump pass to Marquise Brown that pretty much sealed the win for the Ravens. And with all the injuries the Ravens had suffered before Week 1, I think sometimes it may take plays of this nature, along with Jackson's uh, sheer will and determination to lead that team in overcoming teams such as the Kansas City Chiefs. Lamar Jackson is one of the most unique players I've ever seen, in the NFL. It's almost impossible, it seems it's almost impossible for defenders, even the most elite defenders, to get a clean shot on him when he tucks and runs. He's one of the most elusive runners I've ever seen and he's a joy to watch. He threw for about 240 yards and rushed for another 107 yards in his first career win over Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's move on to Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater has led the re-energized Denver Broncos, who are currently tied with the Raiders atop the AFC West. Excuse me. Uh, in their first two games, in his first two games of this young season, Bridgewater is thrown for almost 600 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions for the undefeated Broncos. If he and the Broncos continue at this pace, the divisional matchups between the rising AFC West will have all eyes on them in this upcoming season. I actually think just as much as people are keeping their eyes on the NFC West. It's going to be fun. Extra little tidbits we just want to give you for this week ending to, we're looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Lots of different storylines, lots of different great bets that are driving the conversations. And uh, we'll be back to you later on this week with some additional videos, videos, as well as week three wrap up. Take care.